0: Welcome to Taking the Hill, the podcast that brings you up to speed on the latest federal and state legislation that impacts the automotive service industry. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association and features Bob Redding, ASA Washington representative, reporting on the ASA advocacy efforts on behalf of independent mechanical and collision repair shops nationwide. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and this special podcast is just one of the many member benefits the Automotive Service Association provides to keep you on top of the latest information you need to know to help drive your success. Hi, I'm talking today with Bob Redding, ASA's Washington representative, and it's time again for our Washington update. Bob, welcome to the show. Tony, it's great to be here, and uh, wish I was in Texas with you with that nice weather you've got. Yeah, finally dropped out of the hundreds. Yeah, we're uh, we're breaking out the parkas here. Things have been uh, kind of quiet in D.C., but what's going on lately? Congress is back, I believe, right?
1: Yes. Well, the House is doing committee work this week, but the Senate's back, and the Senate's in session. Next week, they'll all be back. They're really likely to consider two key legislative initiatives this month important for our business as the repair shops. First, the fiscal year 2021 appropriations legislation, what funds the government? And we're looking at, most likely at the end of the month before the October 1 deadline, a continuing resolution which will fund the government at last year's levels, last fiscal year's levels. And then after the election, Congress will come back and, and deal with the FY21 appropriations bill. But the bigger piece for us, what certainly will be most important, what Congress does with the fifth stimulus package, COVID-19 economic stimulus package. They're going to leave town at least by early October, if not before, return after the election. But most members, House and Senate, want to knock this out, the stimulus bill,
0: before they go home. Well, you had mentioned that COVID-19 stimulus, I know, a while ago. What's in it for ASA members? Should we be interested in this? What should we be watching for? Absolutely. As you know,
1: the third one, CARES Act, created the Paycheck Protection Program and blew out the EIDL loan program, which had a $10,000 forgiveness piece for shops that applied for that emergency money. The fifth package has passed the House. It's called a HEROES Act. But we have a Senate package offered by the Senate Republicans called the skinny version. This is a, a smaller bill and that bill should pass. So we'll have two very different pieces of legislation, $3 trillion package in the House and a less than $1 trillion package in the Senate. So we're hopeful that the bill passes this week in the Senate that we'll see some activity. I'd like to to plug two members here, particularly one of them, Senators Rubio and Collins, particularly Senator Rubio from Florida, who's chairman of the Senate Small Business Committee, He has been relentless in trying to get really critical pieces of small business economic stimulus provisions in the fifth stimulus package. He he worked hard on the third package and to encourage additional funding for PPP, et cetera. But on this fifth package, which is harder, much harder, when you pass four of them already, these things have cost an unbelievable amount of money. No one ever believed we would pass legislation in one year on one issue at this much expense, but it has happened. Senator Rubio has worked really hard and has offered guidance to Majority Leader McConnell and others on what the small business provisions should look like and has come back in there and offered literally legislation, independent legislation with an additional wish list for provisions for this bill. So he's worked very hard on it. This new skinny version, despite having less money, will contain a second paycheck protection program piece for shocks. And there are some additional criteria that shops will have to meet relative to uh, demonstrating losses and that kind of thing. But in addition, for those loans that are 150000 and below for shops, there will be literally an easy or quick loan application that you can fill out for those smaller loans in the new second PPP program. So that's the pitch for that. So we're very pleased with that. Certainly not final. But we are not hearing a lot of opposition from the House as to uh, a second round of PPP. And I think that will be a a mandatory fight to the finish for Senate leaders as to remaining in the final fifth stimulus. Important for our listeners, Tony, is there is no cash for clunkers in these bills. The HEROES Act, which we were concerned about at one time, there was a last minute push by a very large number of bipartisan group of members who, from auto uh, manufacturing states to include provisions to assist the sale of vehicles, new vehicles, and we were very fearful that we would see an Obama administration to cash for clunkers. But giving a shout out to shops, we had over 3,000 shops multiple times to contact House and Senate members opposing cash for clunkers. So we're very pleased with that. And for these kind of urgent blasts and contacts from uh, ASA National We really had a record-setting multiple contacts uh, from shops to oppose this, so we're very pleased with it. On the process for all this, Tony, with both houses back, you will see negotiations really heat up, and hopefully next week we'll see some progress.
0: Well, there's quite a difference in price range, obviously, between something less than a trillion and, and three trillion. For the shops that have already been through the first few phases of the PPP program, all of that now has, or the deadlines, if they haven't, will shortly have passed for their requirements to keep their folks employed, right? Yes. Okay. So the second round, or the fifth round, I guess, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: will, obviously, it won't be as big a pot of money this time, I take it, right? Because of the smaller amount being put forward in the bill?
1: That is likely, but you will see some more stringent criteria for uh, participation. But It will be healthy, so uh, you know we'll encourage our members once we see the language to go back in and take a look at it for a second round. Tony, as you know, when COVID first hit, both our collision and mechanical shops saw a quick, significant drop in business. We had early battles with some, not all, but some municipalities and states, making sure that our shops could legally remain open Hmm. under uh, you know new state guidelines or particularly uh, municipalities. And um, after that, it was uh, maintaining your customer base. So even though business has improved for many shops, they took that big hit. All of these monies aren't forgiven and will have to be paid back. Many businesses have not recovered 100% to date. Mm -hmm. So uh, I saw somewhere the other day with a very low percentage uh, was projected in New York City, for example, of office workers going back to the offices. This was done by some of the public transportation groups in the, in the metro area, but just indicative that, you know, miles driven, et cetera, although we saw it climb by some of the studies done in California, as we got further into COVID that, you know, the miles travel start clicking back up. Mm -hmm. Some shops haven't fully recovered yet. So a second round would be very timely for our members.
0: And as before, we should encourage them as soon as we know to apply as quickly as possible, right? Correct one other thing I want to circle back on, and you're right, it's amazing how effective our voices are when they're collectively put together. And I want to echo your shout out to all the members who took the time to respond right there, representatives. And and that really helps in making sure that things fall in a direction that we're comfortable with. I know that you've said that many times.
1: Yes. And one more thing here, I certainly wouldn't want to leave out our state affiliates. They really pushed this with their members and could not have been more helpful throughout the process. I can't tell you how many of them with their governor's offices, et cetera, sending letters, making phone calls and encouraging members and their emails and social media to contact members of the House and Senate. So uh, really appreciate all the work that our state affiliates did too.
0: Well, it's a team effort, as we say, and certainly the biggest value of our collective association, that's for sure. Let's move on to the state level. Any state issues coming up, or federal issues for that matter, that uh, this fall that might be of importance to repair shops?
1: Yeah, just on the federal side to wrap up, it's election year, and this is a big one. The White House, of course, third of the Senate and all the House positions. But I want you to think in terms of control, specifically Congress. The House is likely to remain in Democratic hands, but there will be a real push to get it much closer because even though the House might not flip, more Republican seats can be taken, the larger margins uh, Republicans will obtain even in minority status in the committee system. So if there's a 30-seat committee and the ratio now is 20 to 10, then you want to increase that number of uh, Republican seats in the House. Even if it doesn't flip, there's going to be a real push here toward the end to, to get that gap a little closer. In the Senate, which you have 53-47 is the ratio, even though a couple of those Democratic numbers are really independents so they caucus most of the time uh, with the Democrats, 53-47 is going to get tighter. Does it become a 50-50 body where the White House becomes even more important because the vice president will be the tiebreaker mm-hmm. in any uh, 50-50 vote, and that's going to be a big deal. So watching the Senate, particularly for our business, is probably the most important. Let me, uh, if I could, elaborate on that a little bit. First, uh, I want to address the state issue, and I'll come back to the elections. But it will be very important. I'll talk on that in a second. But in the states, uh, we, we had a, a slight hiccup in Virginia where in the budget process to his effort to uh, eliminate the safety inspection program again, even though it was defeated earlier this year. And of course, in Massachusetts, very high profile, Massachusetts right to repair referendum. That will be a ballot initiative coming up on Election Day. The voters in mass will determine whether they're moved forward with the new or revised Massachusetts Right to Repair language and build on what was agreed to several years ago. It has become a much higher cost or more spending involved in this initiative, much more than the last time around with Right to Repair. So it's really a battle of the airways and social media now as this plays out over the less than 60 days, you know, till election day. So that is a very high-profile issue. Uh, most states are focused on the budget and COVID-related issues. Uh, a lot of state budgets are really struggling, and many states have come back in session to address budget shortfalls.
0: You know, you had mentioned the elections. The next time we do one of these will be post-election. So I imagine we'll be spending a lot of time dissecting what happened. But what about the elections in November? What, depending on which way they go, I guess, care to project how any impact for shops? What could happen? Let's take a look
1: back at bills that have been introduced in the House, Democratic bills. They might have passed the House in some form or report language included in appropriations legislation, et cetera. But you can look <laughs> at policy trends that are in play you know, in the House. They didn't become law. They didn't get out of the Senate, they didn't get to the Senate floor, didn't go to the president, but clearly they showed what the majority in the House was thinking relative to issues related to us, whether it's air quality, technology for vehicles, electric vehicles, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then you take a look at a lot of the legislation or policies discussed. Some of these were not bills discussed in the Senate a Democrat, but they are policies that were advocated, brought up in a committee markup, for example, of Antitrust issues or on consumer issues or on AV issues, where someone might discuss what might happen with policy, but they recognize that these kind of policies would not move forward, you know, under Republican control. I use an example there. Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York last year brought forth an initiative that uh, he was clear would not move forward, uh, he would not push until the next Congress, which would be next year or the next, related to electric vehicles and electric vehicle infrastructure. And this was a multi-billion dollar package, went far beyond tax credits for electric vehicles, but really encouraged the manufacturer, the purchase of vehicles, electric vehicles, and the infrastructure establishment of a or more robust infrastructure for electric vehicles. And I think that's certainly an area we could look for a a much more aggressive policy if the Senate flips. Mm -hmm. Now, on the House, also I mentioned about air quality. We've had some agency struggle with air quality standards in this administration, as far as what the Obama administration had done with the ozone standard. And there was, I believe, litigation on that. I would think that if the House and Senate are both Democratic, that you would see more legislation relative to air quality. What does that do for future vehicle technologies? What does it do to emissions testing? If you've got, you know, I think we're at 70 parts per billion. The original Obama target was 65. If we see a continued drop in the standards, how does that impact testing and geographic areas, broader exurbs, inspection and maintenance, those kind of things, in addition mm-hmm. to future vehicle technologies? So it, that's a lot. Now, on the flip side of that, with consumers specifically not the technical side, but dealing with the consumer agencies. I think a number of them would see a, a much more robust role. The Federal Insurance Office, which has been dormant almost since its inception, I think would have an opportunity without having an aggressive director. In the Obama administration, it was uh, very low key. But the Federal Insurance Office, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, for example, which is uh, a product of Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren's efforts, I do think you would see a more aggressive antitrust division on some of our issues, uh, particularly on the collision side. Federal Trade Commission appointments, more consumer-oriented. Even areas uh, like OSHA, et cetera, and the, uh, even the Small Business Advocacy Office, which is a advocate for small business, I think you would see a very different approach if the White House flips and we have a Democratic Senate. So it really is, whatever your political persuasion, the elections are very important. It's important that people vote. But Uh, shops are are active and vote. But we also just need to watch it because our policy direction will be impacted and topics that we work on by what happens in November.
0: Well, obviously, we have a lot to look forward to in our next report, that's for sure. And I echo what you say, you know, it's important that we vote. And it's important that we keep an eye on these things. And that is exactly what you excel at. So we're fortunate to have you, Bob. Well, Thank you, Tony, very much. And I hope you have a good week. You too. Thanks again for your time. We've been talking with Bob Redding, ASA's Washington representative, with our quarterly legislative report. Thanks for listening and have a great day. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoyed this special Taking the Hill podcast and would like to hear more, along with breaking legislative news, you can hear them by logging on to your ASA member account. If you're not currently an ASA member and are listening to this podcast, we invite you to become part of the ASA family. For everything you need to become an ASA member, just visit our website at www.asashop.org. That's A-S-A-S-H-O-P i I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.